Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. So, have you ever started a joke and forgot the ending? Or has your mom spent hours searching for her glasses only to find them on her head? No, we often play these off as senior moments. But when do these innocent slips turn into something more serious, like dementia or Alzheimer's? And what is the best way to take care of a loved one who has trouble remembering? So to answer those questions and more, we've invited Anne-Marie McDonald. Anne-Marie is the Chief Program Officer at the Houston and Southeast Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. And she's here to talk about the games our brain can play on us and the resources in Houston to keep us healthy. So if you think your brain does need the same care of attention as the rest of your body, I'm encouraging you to think again. Coming up on Prepare to Care. So Anne-Marie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Marie. So let's start with the first question. What about those senior moments? They are scary for most people. Um, what do you think of this? This is a question that must be asked very often. Yeah, so there is a difference between normal aging and what we call dementia. So Alzheimer's disease is just uh, one of the things that can cause dementia, which is severe cognitive impairment that affects your daily life. Um, and so there are things that happen to our body as we age. We all, if you can run a mile the same way that you did when you were 15, kudos to you, but I can't. And so the same way that our body um, ages, so does our brain. And so you might find that you're having problems sometimes retrieving information. It may take a little longer to do so. And that's sometimes things that worry people. But if you're finding that you're having memory loss that's really impairing how you do your daily activities, or you're finding that you're always um, forgetting how to, ma you're making decisions that might worry you, or you are having problems with vision, things like that, things that you know are not normal for you, then you might need to check that out. So like, it's not normal for me to remember, like to not remember something because for years I've been having this perfect memory. Is there a difference between like normal uh, loss of memory and something that is more concerning? Well, there are reasons why you might be having those kind of cognitive losses and it could be hormonal, it could be um, your you're having issues with medications, maybe they're interacting. So there are all sorts of reasons why you could be having memory loss that's not normal for you. Mm -hmm. And so we always advise you to check that out. Um, but it's not necessarily dementia or cognitive impairment that's going to be progressive or stay with you, irreversible. So checking things out is always a good idea. Um, but a lot of times it's not that we can't remember it. We do remember it, but it might be later on. Okay. You know, so you might remember something, you're, you're thinking of a name and it doesn't come to you immediately, but you're relaxed and in your bath and suddenly there it is. And so it might take a little longer sometimes to retrieve information. And, and that would be normal. And that would be normal. So for a caregiver who is, you know, taking care of mom or dad or whatever, are there things that they should be looking at for that might indicate early signs of dementia? Like, what have you seen in, in the people who come to, to your association? Yeah, so we have what we call our 10 warning signs. And, and that these are things that you can find online. You can, If you don't remember them as I'm talking about them, you can always go online to look at that. 
But one of the things that is, of course, very obvious to people is memory loss. Now, what do we mean when we say memory loss? Because lots of people say that, oh, my granddad has great memory. He can remember when he was 20. Well, that's one type of memory. But what we're talking about really is short-term memory loss. It's when I ask you, what did you have for breakfast and you don't remember it? Or you, I ask you a question, you answer it, and then you ask me maybe the same thing and you keep repeating it over and over again. So that could be a sign that maybe something's not happening that's not happening correctly, it's not normal for you. Again, it's always what is was normal for you. People who may had great decision-making capabilities and now are finding it hard to make decisions or they're making decisions that we worry about. Um, we think, you know, why are they buying 10 microwaves when they already have one? That right. might be an issue. And then there's um, when you have problems with spatial, um, you're having problems with, with space, visual and spatial difficulties. So let's say you're driving on the road and you're having a problem deciding whether the car in front of you is close to you or not. A lot of times that has nothing to do with your eyesight, it has to do with the messages your brain is sending. And so if you're seeing somebody having that kind of problem, maybe they're dinging the car more because they're having problems figuring out the distance when they're parking things like that, or they're hitting the curb, that could be a sign. Would have had no idea that that was a sign. Okay. Yeah. What else? Um, things like with, when they're having, when they're, you know, their home, when you go to their home, is it the way that it always was? Are they having problems paying their bills? Um, do you see more of those little yellow envelopes than you used to seeing? Mm -hmm. um, things like that would be things to think about. Okay. So is there a difference between dementia and Alzheimer? Yes, there is. So dementia is an overall umbrella term. It's just like the word cancer. There are so many forms of cancer. There are many forms of vegetables. There okay. are many forms of fruit. So it's just the same way. There are many things that can cause those dementia symptoms that I talked about. Um, and so Alzheimer's just happens to be the most common form that causes dementia. So there could be many different varieties. There, so there could be many different reasons why somebody's showing these signs. Right. And you shouldn't assume just because maybe they're over 65, because that's how, what people do. Oh, they're over 65, maybe they have mm. Alzheimer's. It doesn't necessarily mean they have Alzheimer's. There are other forms of dementia. Of dementia. So dementia or Alzheimer, I mean, these things are really scary for mm -hmm. most of our listeners because it's, it's a very... Um, it changes a person's personality, literally. Mm -hmm. um, are there things that people can do to maybe prevent or stave off, you know, dementia or Alzheimer? So Alzheimer's is a progressive brain disease, and unfortunately it is fatal. But, um, and we don't know yet what causes it. So this is an issue with people. But what there's been a lot of research being done. In fact, a lot has come out just even this year about the um, fact that you can reduce your risk. And so, you know, a risk, reducing your risk just means that maybe you can stave off how long it is before you get the disease, or maybe you can even not get the disease. But until we know what the reason for the disease or that causes the disease, the cause of the disease, we cannot say that this is going to prevent. Mm -hmm. But we can reduce risk. And we found that a lot of lifestyle choices um, will help you to reduce your risk. So things like exercise. Exercise, yes, it helps you with your cardiovascular health, but it also helps with your brain. 
And so it's really important that we put exercise into our lives. Our choice of food. Um, they, there is a diet that's actually being proposed right now as being one of a, a that's really a great way to, to um, put it into your lifestyle, which is called the Mind Diet. We do have on our website, um, www.alz/texas. You can find information about the Mind Diet on our blog. We also, it's a combination of of the. Um, diet that's for hypertension and the Mediterranean diet. Okay. So it really it really emphasizes of course fruits and vegetables, but it also emphasizes things like um, not eating too much fatty meat, um, butter, things that we Texans really enjoy. Right. But it doesn't say don't eat it, it just says do it in moderation. And then some other things like social engagement, things that will help you to use your brain your education, continuing, continuing to learn and continuing to educate yourself also helps you with your brain health. So really exercising that brain. So keeping good care of it, right? It's like yes. rest and exercise and a good diet. Mm -hmm. And then exercising that brain, just doing things. Right. So there are things that we have found that are risk factors that are modifiable, which means that you can you have some control over them. Hypertension is something that's a risk factor for Alzheimer's. Um, depression is, is a risk factor. Diabetes is a risk factor. Physical inactivity, as I said, and smoking is also a risk factor. There's also um, a lot of research being done now on hearing loss. I don't know enough about that to say much about it, but I can say that it is one of the risk factors that they are now doing research on. Interesting. So when someone you know maybe uh, you know comes to your association and says you know here i am um you know mom or dad was diagnosed with alzheimer you know the, the, what's the typical reaction when people first come to you guys for resources so we actually this is something we have every day somebody calls our helpline which is i'll just give the number it's 1-800-272-3900 so somebody can call our, our helpline. And so we'll get a call like I got um, just recently where somebody called, a lady called about her mother. And her mother is caring for her father with dementia, with Alzheimer's. And she was worried because she thought that her mother was not taking care of herself. Mm -hmm. And so she called for me to talk to her mother about, the, you know, the disease, to explain how the disease is going to progress. And the fact that it is something where she might need to take care of her husband 24 hours. And that's not something you can do by yourself. So then we were able to talk about education, learning more about the disease. We also talked about support groups, being able, which is something we offer. So connecting her to support groups, looking at some of the resources in the community, like adult day centers. This is something where the person can get the um, get more activity and be stimulated while the wife goes out and gets and takes care of herself. Um, unfortunately, what we have found is that caregiver stress can create also health problems. And so the caregiver, unfortunately, ends up being ill, being worn out, right? Yeah. And not being able to then take care of the person. Yeah, that's a great deal. So, um, uh, you know, in the Houston area, do, do we have statistics as to how many people are affected by dementia, Alzheimer? So we don't have 
particular statistics for Houston alone, we can say that over 5 million people in the United States have Alzheimer's disease, and we know that over 144,000 people in the, Houston, in the Texas area in Texas. Have, mm -hmm, have Alzheimer's. So definitely Houston being the fourth largest city, right. we know for sure that there are a lot of people here who need our help. And so we are, you know, we are always working to find resources in the community for them and then providing what we have, which is a lot of, we provide information and referral, care consultations, which just helps with action planning. Um, we help connect them to lawyers for um, financial and legal planning, which they need to do. We also connect them to support groups and to the other agencies in the area who we have relationships with. So it's a lot of programming resources that yes. you offer. Um, so if somebody was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you know, I bet they're probably feeling pretty panicky about it. Yes. So how, you know, how does a family handle that? What's the best way? Because I'm guessing when people are diagnosed, they probably are still pretty much okay. There are some early signs. So what would be your advice for caregivers and people around that person as to how to handle that situation at the beginning? Glad you asked. So there are a couple things that I really, we, we offer, by the way, early stage programming. So we have something coming up actually in August called Learning Together, which is a program for caregivers and persons with dementia together to learn more about the disease. And that's the first thing I always would suggest is that people, once they've kind of gotten over the shock of it, mm -hmm. is that they do educate themselves about the disease so that they can kind of have an idea of what's going to happen next. And then we also suggest that you just take some time to adjust to the diagnosis. It is a scary diagnosis. It is something that you need to process. And so connecting maybe with um, a support group is great, but also just giving yourself some time. You don't need to jump right into anything, but just adjust to that. And then start making plans for the future. That's one of the reasons why we say early diagnosis is key because then the person with the disease, as you've just said, still has insight. They mm. know what they would like to have happen and they're able to participate in their own care. And that is really important, I think, because it gives dignity to the person. Um, we can learn from others. We have a, a website that is called I Have Alzheimer's and that is specifically for the person with the disease. And then there's a caregiver center for the person with, who's taking care of that person. We also have clinical studies that persons can take part in. Um, and this is under trial match, again, on our website. They can sign up to be um, a part of clinical studies. This helps not just themselves, but then it helps also the future. And this gives them some purpose also. And it gives all of us purpose, actually, because everybody can participate. Um, this is, we have what is called a database. That's what trial match is. Right. And we're also looking not just for persons with a disease, but healthy persons. Okay. So really what I'm hearing is if you've just been diagnosed or you have a loved one who's just been diagnosed, don't panic, right? Right. Because this is a disease that progresses over a number of years. Correct. You're not, you're not going to POTS right away here, right? Exactly. I mean, it could take 5, 10, 20. Like, what's the duration? Is there, like, data on that? Yes, so there is. I mean, it depends on when you're diagnosed and also the, your health history mm. and your family. Because, you know, some families are long-lived and some families have shorter lifespans. So all those things you can take into consideration. 
that somebody could live with the disease if they were diagnosed early and they don't have any other health issues for 20 or so years. Then if somebody is diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, which has a longer progression, so right. that's one of the reasons I want to make sure that it could be five to eight years depending on when they were diagnosed because some people are diagnosed when they are in the early stages, but some people are diagnosed moderate, you know, into the middle stages of the disease or so, later. So really for someone who's diagnosed in the early stages, there are some potential good years, there are some support groups, there are things that could happen to just stave off the disease for a little bit. Um, and I think you make a really important point, which is the person can still participate in their care. Exactly. And, and have some directives as to what they want to have happen when they can no longer make the decision. Right. What the some of the most um, passionate advocates for our for our, the association and for Alzheimer's disease are persons who are living with the disease in the early stage. Interesting, and and the person so they can be an advocate for a few years, I guess. Yeah. So we have, for instance, we do um, Purple Policy Day where we go to the capital, and we have we take with us persons with the disease who then talk to the congressman talk to the representatives about what why it's important for them to support that. And we also go to Washington, and the same thing happens. We take persons with the disease with us. Wow, that's remarkable. So, and, and for the caregivers. So you said, you know, one thing is for the caregiver to take care of him or herself. Um, as far as the caregiver caring for the other person, are there like some tips that you can offer us? Yep, so I can certainly say that as the disease progresses, communication becomes more important and learning how to communicate is is something that I think most caregivers have problems with sometimes because they are basing it on being the same mm. as they used to and so it's really a matter of sometimes realizing that the person who has a disease might be in another reality mm. and we need to be in their reality rather than trying to bring them into ours. And give that's us, a part of that. Give us like a, a really quick example as to what that means. So if I said to you, you know, let's say that my husband had died and you say to me, I say to you, you know, my husband, I need to go fix dinner for my husband. And you go, mom, your husband is dead. Dad's dead. Well, that just brings back grief always over and over. But if I say, you know, mom, dad's not here right now maybe later we can fix dinner, that still acknowledges what they've just said, but you have also found a way to kind of move the, the conversation away from dad fixed dinner. So be ready. If, if you mm -hmm. have a diagnosis of Alzheimer, things are going to evolve and you've got to be ready to go with the flow. Right? That's right. And we have lots of education that we can help with that. Okay. Help persons do that. Well, Anne-Marie, uh, thank you. That's all about the time that we have for today. But before we go, I'm going to ask you, if you had one piece of advice for caregivers, what would it be? One piece of advice I would say is take care of yourself. Make sure that you are doing things that still bring you joy. And that way you will then be able to care for someone else. All right. Well, thank you very much. So, folks, today we've spoken with Anne-Marie MacDonald of the Houston and Southeast Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. She's told us about all of their programs that they have. They sound fantastic. Um, if you want to find out more about the tips and programs Anne-Marie shared with us today, they're going to be on our website. 
but you can also visit the Alzheimer's Association website and that's www.alz.org Texas. If you thought this podcast was helpful or if you have friends or family who exhibit signs of dementia, please invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and you can also find us on the AARP website. That's www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC. And please visit our website, take the Prepare to Care podcast survey, and help us improve for future episodes. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.